We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Good evening, everybody. This is the Mile Huddle Podcast. I am your host, Scott Kennedy. I'm sitting in for Chad Jensen tonight. Over here on this side is Zach Kelberman. Apologies for us being late. You know, we can't figure out this daylight savings time. I was told it was going to stop. I thought we weren't doing that anymore. I, uh, you know, it got, it got dark early. I'm all confused. I'm old. Zach, how you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. I'm kind of missing after that game last week. Scott, I, I feels crazy to say it. I'm kind of missing some Broncos football. I'm kind of itching for it, and I'm wondering when I'm going to get my next fix. But uh, we're watching the Broncos' next opponent right now, the Buffalo Bills, take on the Bengals, and we'll talk plenty about that tonight. It's going to set up an interesting paradox for Denver. You win this game, which is very possible. We'll get into it. You open up your yourself to a lot of possibilities, maybe including playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough to look at right now just because of the, the standings and the hole that you were brought in, and those tiebreakers make a bigger difference because everybody's still kind of jumbled together because there's only been – eight plus weeks played but it certainly is after a couple of wins two wins in a row hey things look different and again it is kind of fun to sit back after a win over the Chiefs and watch everybody else play yeah. and whatnot and uh and, and have that time to get that good win to have a week to enjoy it uh I know it's been great for Broncos country but now that week is over now it's time we'll look at the Bills a little bit we're looking at the Bills tonight they're down 7-0 to the Bengals right now and that's this game could go either way, and I'm not sure which you're wanting it to happen if you were a Denver Broncos fan, Zach. Um, I, I don't really want to play a really good team coming off a loss because I feel like they're a little bit more focused, a little bit more urgent. There's such small margins in the NFL that having just that extra little need, that, that must-win factor can make a difference, especially a team loses at home and then comes on the road and then comes home to play in a must-win type of scenario. Yeah, the more I pop with you, Scott, the more I realize how much we have in common. We're very pragmatic thinkers, and I agree with you as well. I don't really like taking on a, an elite team, quote-unquote, when they're coming off a bad loss. Though, I mean, look at Kansas City and Miami today. It was a very narrow victory for KC. Their offense still doesn't look all there after that Broncos game. But uh, for the most part, 
I just think if the Broncos play the brand of football we saw against Mahomes and company, you know, really solid defense, you run the ball, good coaching, Russ makes the passes when he needs to, they're going to be in it against Buffalo, win or lose tonight against Cincinnati. Um, the thing to monitor, though, is that Josh Allen entered the game reportedly with some sort of right shoulder throwing discomfort, and he's going to face a very bruising Bengals defense, or he is now. So it's uh, how he comes out of that game will be a little uh, – footnote because the Broncos will be fresh yeah they put a bunch of money into that defensive line and uh they they do a good job over there want to say hello to some folks one of the reasons we go live when we do is because we like having the community in here and saying hello to Broncos country one of the folks that came in before we even got started David McElrath the Papa Bear coming in appreciate you sir he says good evening Broncos country Zach Deacon Scott and Dylan he's on the 11 and 6 bandwagon hashtag 11 and 6 hashtag Buckham times three Hashtag MHH for life. Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, David. Michael Ranquillo coming in as well. He says, good evening, Zach and Scott. Scott, can't even say my own freaking name, <laughs> on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Co Broncos. I used to joke, you, do you know who Bill Elliott is, Zach? Mm-mm. Bill Elliott was an old NASCAR driver, and he's from about 45 mm-hmm. minutes north of me. But when I was a kid, 45 minutes north of where I was in Atlanta was basically deliverance area. Now it's like part of Metro Atlanta, but it was called Dawsonville. His name was Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. And I couldn't stand NASCAR racing. And my, a lot, my dad loved it. A lot of my cousins and stuff loved it. And I was like, dude, this guy is such a redneck. He can't even say his own name. That's where I'm coming back full circle on this. He's like, hi, I'm Bill Olawat. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me tonight. Can't even say my own name. So little NASCAR lesson for you, Zach. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Uh, let's say hello to some some more folks coming in here real quick that were here nice and early. Always want to say hello to Dylan Van Arks. Thank you, sir, for everything you do. One of the moderators of the chat and contributors of MHH. He says, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. William's been in chatting it up a little bit, and that Eagle, Eagles-Cowboy game was nuts. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't think the uh, I don't think the AFC is just going to roll on through the Super Bowl. I think they're going to have some tough the, – the, the Super Bowl should be two pretty titanic teams this year. And I got to give Jalen Hurts a ton of credit. You know, I saw him limping earlier. He has that phantom knee injury, whatever's going on with his lower body. He hasn't really talked about it, but he is – Tough as nails and such a damn good quarterback. I, I love the slate of games we got today, Scott. There were entertaining matchups uh, throughout, culminating tonight with uh, Bengals and Bills. Um, Doug coming in, he says, Casey winning sure makes our Broncos look good. Now let's hope Cincinnati beats up on those Bills. So what do you take away from that game? I'm not surprised. I picked Kansas City to beat the Dolphins just because, again, I think they had a little bit more urgency. They're, they were going to need it a little more. The worst thing that could have happened to the Dolphins was the Broncos beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, championship caliber teams bounce back from that. Um, but, you know, what's your takeaway after watching the Kansas City Chiefs, watching the Broncos throttle their offense, uh, you know, two times in a row, two times in three weeks? You know, what what is your main takeaway from – I've seen Kansas City do this to other teams, including going up big on the Dolphins. Uh, then the Dolphins came back and 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 held them in check, but uh, in the second half. But honestly, what is your take based on what the Kansas City defense did mm-hmm. to the Miami Dolphins? 
I've been watching a lot of Kansas City football this year. I mean, full disclosure, I have Mahomes as my fantasy quarterback, so I want to keep an eye on them. Um, their offense, Scott, has not been right the entire year, and it kind of all peaked in the worst way for them in that Broncos game where just nothing got going. And I, I don't understand why they didn't go trade for a receiver at the deadline. I mean, they have probably take away Rasheed Rice, who's a rookie, the worst receiving core in the NFL. And it's starting to catch up to uh, Patrick Mahomes. The chiefs defense is what's carrying that team. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, the coordinator is doing an amazing job with Chris Jones, obviously up front, but uh, McDuffie in the secondary Karloftis is coming on. I mean, every level they have uh, gay, they have Nick Bolton, they have playmakers at every spot. Today's game against the Dolphins, I got to give Vic Fangio a ton of credit because he might have given the blueprint to the NFL how to contain and stifle the Kansas City offense. Maybe not the blueprint, but it's common sense, but he did it in, in actuality. He was so physical, or his corners were, the secondary was of the Dolphins with the Chiefs receivers. He was muscling up to them, getting in their faces, and vice versa as well. I mean, the, 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 uh, the Dolphins' defense... And the Kansas City defense both played a physical game. But the thing with Tyreek Hill, if you start to press him, if you jab him, if you get physical, knock him off his spot, that disrupts the whole timing-based offense of Mike McDaniel. So I got to give credit to both coordinators. I thought it was going to be a shootout, Scott, and we saw a slugfest on the defensive side. And again, what it, what it says to me is you, you look at the Miami Dolphins, we know have one of the best, if not the best offense in, in the NFL. They were held under 300 yards today by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Denver Broncos went for 240 yards against them, had some short fields, so they may have had more opportunities to get some longer yardage, but hey, didn't need to when I get the ball on the five. Right. I, don't, I don't need to go 65 yards. So that Kansas City stifled the Denver Broncos defense, or offense, apologies, shouldn't be that big a surprise. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're finding ways to win. You're, I heard the phrase last week dominated. The, the Denver Broncos dominated the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. For the most part, they did. Then there were some questions about the passing game. This Kansas City Chiefs defense is freaking good, y'all. It's really good. Yeah. It just held in check the best offense in the NFL. That it was able to do that to Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos shouldn't be a reason for, oh, I'm, I'm still not up on the Broncos because, you know, oh, they didn't do very well on offense. Okay. That's 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 okay. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is really good. That's probably my takeaway from the game this week of watching the, the Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, if their defense wasn't up to par, they would probably be a losing record or 500 at best. Again, I give Steve Spagnuolo over there a ton of credit for what he's doing. Michaela comes in. She says, you guys, uh, would you draft another quarterback? Young doesn't look good. By the way, when will the drawing be for last month? I would probably say let's try and do it on Thursday. Um, we want Zach – or uh, we want uh, – well, we want Zach to be here, but we want Chad to be back. Be and there's no – I'm not sure if he's going to be back tomorrow, but he'll definitely be back Thursday. So we'll plan on doing it next Thursday – this coming Thursday. Uh, I kind of like doing them during the other football games anyway. It's kind of a slower night. It's a little chill. Let's have our – let's have our drawing and our giveaways on those nights. So, um, Michaela, thank you for the super chat. Again, I love being here when I get a chance to say thank you to you uh, live. Um do you guys would you would you draft a quarterback? It depends on where you're drafting, and in this the seat the, there's still a long way to go in the season. Right now, I feel like you're okay continuing with Russell Wilson. Um, if you make a playoff run, you should continue with Russell Wilson. If you're finishing seven and ten, it's it's a it's a it's gonna be a tough question. And it and the problem, Zach, is is if you commit to Russell Wilson, you're almost committing to him for two more years, right. 2024 and 2025, because of the guarantees and the money. And there might be something in there that almost makes it hard to get rid of him even in 2026 based on the dead money. So it's it's gonna be tough, it's gonna be tough questions. And one we're gonna talk about a lot over the offseason, Michaela. Yeah, I was for a second, I was wondering who Young was, but uh McClair. Michaela clarified she was talking about Bryce Young in Carolina. And I agree, compared to CJ Stroud, it's uh, two different galaxies. But, you know, you can't judge. What's your expression, Scott? You don't grade different levels of elite? Yeah. I think that applies yeah, I'm to. Not, Rook- I'm not going to argue elite with you. It's like, hey, who's the best quarterback of all time? I'm a Joe Montana guy. Well, I'm a Tom Brady guy. Okay. Well, that's that's a good choice. I'm not going to argue with you. That's, that's a good answer. I think the same can be applied to rookie quarterbacks because they're all going to hit that wall. They're all going to go through pitfalls. It's just a matter of when. But, Michaela, I kind of want to echo what Scott said. It's too early to tell what they're going to do or what they should do. My personal opinion, they need to have a quarterback in the pipeline anyway. By the start of next season, Russell Wilson will be going on 36 years old. Even if he plays at a high level, you can't move forward. You can't have long-term success or a rebuild if they go that route with a 36-year-old, $45 million quarterback. 
so it'll depend. And like Scott was saying, if they finish seventh and ten, seven and ten, it would increase the urgency to acquire a quarterback maybe in the first or second round. If they finish nine and eight, for example, make the playoffs with Russ, well, maybe you can wait to the third or fourth round. Then the urgency would come down a little bit. But regardless, you have to have someone else in the pipeline behind Russ next year. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to do some research on this when I have some more time. Just the the idea of how hard it is to hit on a quarterback in day two. I want to see like, okay, this is how many quarterbacks have thrown for this many yards or have more than this many wins, comparatively speaking. Because again, if with a small enough sample size, I can prove anything you want to. It's like, oh, well, you shouldn't take a quarterback in round X because look at this guy. Look at Dak Prescott. Look at Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, look at Tom Brady. Um, you know, but for the most part, you know, if I look at the top 12 teams in the NFL, there's probably going to be nine first round draft picks in there. And you're going to miss on a guy. And we'll see if Young ends up being that guy. And there were questions for these quarterbacks coming in. But CJ Stroud has wildly exceeded expectations as the number two guy. He looks absolutely amazing. And another guy who went number four, Anthony Richardson, was outplaying expectations at a pretty high level before he got hurt. But that's one of the questions about him is, can this man learn how to protect himself? Or is he going to Cam Newton himself before he has all the success that Cam Newton did? Because he he doesn't really know how to protect himself with the experience at this level of play. That might sound a little contradictory. Well, nobody knows at this level, Scott. But he only played like 10 games, only started like 11 or 12 games in college. So learning how to protect yourself isn't second nature to this man. So, but yeah, I I think you were drafting a quarterback. I guess what I was going to say, Zach, was your urgency. Like, let's say you're seven and 10 and the guy isn't there. What's your urgency to move up? Right. You know, if you're exactly. if you're not there, that's what may change, because I agree with Zach wholeheartedly. You're going to need to get another quarterback in the pipeline regardless. Um, day two at the latest for me, Zach. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a guy in the first round. I mean, if the season goes to crap, everyone would want Caleb or Drake May. But, you know, look at someone like Will Levis, for example, who's, in my opinion, outperforming his draft expectation as well in Tennessee. That could be where the Broncos go, a carbon copy of what Tennessee did. They had an aging, veteran, highly paid quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. They looked and had 4D chess moves down the line and saw to the future and drafted. Actually, they had two with Malik Willis as well, two young quarterbacks, but Mm -hmm. they still took a chance. They still took a flyer in a higher round on a quarterback, and I think it'll pan out for them. The same could happen with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. And the good thing, though, Scott, unlike Tennessee, when you have an offensive coach that's demonstrated and proven like like Sean Payton is, that's made egg salad out of the most (laughs) crap, you know, craptaceous eggs. Weren't eggs yeah they weren't eggs they, they tasted pretty badly but you know what i'm saying if it gives you such a, an advantage and a, and a power up over other teams so that's where i see the broncos regardless of what happens this year they're going to come out of the draft next season with a new quarterback they have to yeah i like what nick says all the time with uh what tennessee did they i think they got malik in the third maybe and then they turn around and take um levis in the second take yeah. one every year until yeah, you exactly. find your one yeah, again exactly. It's the probability thing. I might not be able to draft high enough to get a top five guy. Uh, I might not ever be that bad, but if I need a quarterback, you could take a look at the Atlanta Falcons right now. They're going to finish somewhere in the seven and 10 range again, 
of the way things are going right now, which won't be enough to get them an elite quarterback, which is why they should have taken one at number four in 2021, but I digress. So they draft Desmond Ritter, and then they hitch all their wagon to that. That was stupid. Should have drafted another one. Just keep drafting. If you're going to go day two, day two, day two, the probability says one of those guys will eventually hit. The problem is you're in quarterback purgatory until then. You've got a good quarterback now. If you can start lining those guys up behind him, that would be the way to go. And goodness, we spent a lot of time on this topic because it's going to be a big, big, big question moving forward once we get to the offseason on this one. Troy coming in. He says, uh, appreciate the super chat, Troy. Says, hey guys, can't watch, but have a great show. Kansas City seemed a bit upset today. Makes our offense's performance against the Chiefs seem more impressive. Uh, again, this is where, that was my takeaway too, Troy, was the Kansas City G Chiefs defense is starting to play really at an elite level. And that you're putting 24 on them is nothing to sneeze at. Turnovers or not, uh, it's more than the Miami Dolphins put on. Does anybody want to say, okay, we outscored the Miami Dolphins. If I take that, if I tell you, you can have that, you'll take that every week. You'll, you'll be in pretty good shape. So I, I agree with you, Troy. It's a, it's a great point. And even without today's game, I mean, the Broncos, we, we talked about using the word dominated. It, it wasn't hyperbole. It wasn't cliche. We weren't being homers on this podcast. The Broncos did thoroughly dominate Kansas City and and maybe uh, kind of showed the NFL a little bit how to play them. I mean, the Dolphins certainly kind of uh, gave them a fight today, Scott. Yes. And uh, some of the better. I, I'm a big fan of Mike McDaniel. I, I like him. He's, he's just different. I get tired of the same old coach speak BS. Um, he's, he's entertaining. Um, and he's, he's different, but he's humble. I, I do. I, I do like, uh, watching him and Michaela coming uh, back again. Thank you, Michaela, about Thank the Bryce you. Young discussion says, will Carolina draft a new quarterback? Probably not because they gave up their first rounder this year for the rights to draft Bryce Young last year. That pick one of the picks that they also gave up turned into Jalen Carter, I believe, in a roundabout way. So they traded DJ Moore, wide receiver, to the Chicago Bears and two first-round draft picks. DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, <laughs> Caleb Williams, or Drake May. Ouch. Damn. Which is fine if Bryce Young hits. If he doesn't, that one's a real kick in the nards. It's uh, <laughs> you don't mind giving it away. You know, that that amount of, of premium picks and those players is worth it if you get your guy. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite, but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Game. Uh, but if Bryce Young doesn't turn out to be that guy, that one's going to be look awfully one-sided uh, in the annals of history. So... Michaela, the Bears have that pick, and they're also sitting in the top five. Uh, they could come out of this thing, depending on what they want to do. They could come out of this draft with like four or five first-round draft picks, depending on how they play this, because Justin Fields is probably worth a first-round pick if they wanted to trade him away and then draft a pick with the number one overall and then take the number three overall and spin it backwards. It's you know, Or they could come out of this with their, their quarterback, another first rounder and Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, it's uh it's one of the reasons why people are hesitant because of that what could it become to trade draft picks. It's like, "Oh my god, but it it could be this." Mm-hmm. And that's what's coming back on the Carolina Panthers right now, Zach. It's it's the draft is always going to be that family guy scene where, you know, you can either win a boat or a mystery box and the mystery box it could be anything. It could even be a boat. I, that's what the draft process is. And we it's it's funny that we talk about Early overreactions, Bryce Young looking like maybe a miss, but Jalen Carter definitely a hit. It's the biggest crapshoot you never really know. Um, you're going to have to be committed to him for at least another year. I think if you can make Kyler Murray work, which it's proven that you can at a high level, you can make Bryce Young work. You just have to have that top-level coaching. I'm a big fan of Frank Reich, Scott. But I don't really know if he has it to coach up a player with the limitations, I'll say, of Bryce Young. Well, and uh... – you know, I'm the not that I need a re, more reminders, but he he handed play calling duties off to. I covered him as a running back at high school in Atlanta, Thomas Brown, uh, at, at Tucker High School. I'm like, oh good lord. You know, I had Sean McVay was in the class of 04, one of my first classes. I'm like, yeah, all these guys are retired and coaching now, for God's sakes. Um, but it's nice to see those those guys, um, you know, that you that you followed grow up and 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 do really well. So Frank Reich had the self-awareness and the lack of ego to hand over play calling duties after just a few weeks. So I thought that was, uh, that's something you like to see as well. So, um, (laughs) did it work out too well for the last coach that did that? Which one was that? Hackett. Oh yeah. Well, he'll get more. He started playing better. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And again, I don't think he did it on his own either. I think he was, he was a puppet. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure who he was a puppet of, but oh, what a weird God. I would love for get Mike Kliss or somebody who has all the dirt, but isn't allowed to spill it, you know, in a couple of years, just to write a book. That would be Ooh. how last year devolved into such a sh- sh- crap show would be a fascinating read. I, I think it would be fascinating. Fascinating to me. Miguel Santistevan coming in. Appreciate you being here and throwing down some stars on Facebook. Scott Busby doing the same. He's coming in with over 500 stars. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, and Phil McLaughlin coming in with some stars as well. He says, uh, good evening, Zach and Deacon Scott. I'm just praying that Russ continues to improve and gel with the system. Then I'll be much more optimistic about next year. Would still like a new quarterback to develop. Hashtag Buckham and hashtag go Broncos. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page there. I mean... Stidham's making some good money, but it's good backup money. And I don't, 
I don't think Stidham's the guy moving forward. I just, you know, the, the most popular players that used to at least used to be, it's, you know, the backup quarterback, this quarterback stinking. Oh boy, this is what he can do. No, he, he's not good enough either. That's why he's not in. Um, at least with a, a retread backup type. Now, if we're talking about, okay, I'm drafting a guy and I want to see him for the first time, that could be a different conversation. But yeah, Phil, Zach, it's, it's time to get another quarterback in here next year. And an offensive tackle. Wouldn't that be nice to Ooh. draft for a change? Now, speak to me. You're barking up the right tree now, Scott. I'm, I'm pretty happy hearing that. Yeah, you, you got to. Dirty to me. You gotta, you gotta get a new and a new tackle, but you have to have a new quarterback. Stidham is is a, is a very brief bridge backup to have. He he's an upgrade on Brett Rippon. He was never going to be an upgrade on Russell Wilson. He was a clear backup, despite what the media uh, made you believe or the preseason made you believe. But yeah, it all depends on what the Broncos do and take away. You know the Broncos. They won two games. They beat Kansas City, and we're all thinking playoffs now. We're all talking winning record. But before that, we were all using the rest of the season as an evaluation period. And I still think if the playoffs happen, great, Scott. You know, it's obviously the goal is to win a Super Bowl, and you can't win without making the playoffs. Fine. But still, the rest of the year should be an evaluation for every player from 1 to 53 on the roster, starting with Russell Wilson to see if they could be the guy in 2024 and moving on from that. And I think there's some guys that there's going to be some changes no matter what. Um, you know, just because of the contracts are in Justin Simmons has a big contract number for a safety. Uh, Garrett Bowles is a big contract number. Tim Patrick, yeah, Tim Patrick. he's probably going to be cut. Um, Sutton, Judy. Cortland Sutton has a big contract number. And then Jerry Judy's got a big contract number at 13 million, but his is the only one that's guaranteed. So that goes back to, and I don't think I was actually on, uh, with you when we talked about this. I don't know. We probably were. Uh, it runs together a little bit. When he was up for the, uh, you reported the, you know, the third and the fifth was the reported money yeah. for him. It's Thursday. On Thursday. And and I was like, listen, you know, if I offered you $13 million of salary cap space for Jerry Judy, would you take it? Maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's what it comes to. Oh, so I got a third and a fifth. People get kind of wrapped up in the, well, he's worth more than a third and a fifth. Well, a third and a fifth and $13 million mm -hmm. in, in salary and free agency money. I'm intrigued. I'm listening. You know, so that could be something that they'll revisit in the offseason, Zach. And then they're going to need a, a, a wide receiver or two yeah. going into next season. I, honestly, a three and a five, talking about the cap space, they're going to save. I, it might have been difficult for me if I'm George Payton, Sean Payton, to walk away from that deal. I understand why they did, if that deal was even presented, but mm -hmm. that's more kind of than I thought they would get. I thought they would maybe get only a five or only a four, a three in there, and the opportunity to pick up an additional draft pick in the cap space. It says to me that they want to maximize Judy's value the rest of the year, provided, you know, God willing, he doesn't get hurt and ruin that value. Or they they really believe in the player and hoping that he can turn a corner and maybe he gets a second contract in Denver. I think the Broncos are headed in the right direction, and I think it is a good gamble to make right now that, that Jerry Judy can up his value Agreed. to the team or to Agreed. a potential trade partner. I, I think it was I think it was probably the right move. Um, but Again, $13 million on a third. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, again, he's uh, – I sold him short when we talked to uh, Broncos for breakfast. His numbers last year were almost identical to Christian Kirk's last year 
before he got that big money free agent deal from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, to be fair, everybody went, what? When they saw Christian Kirk's contract. But if that's what the numbers are going to be, then yeah, $15 million a year for Jerry Judy is about right. Mm-hmm. That seems like a lot to me. Who who means a lot to us? So Gary Palmer coming in with that Broncos orange. Thank you, Gary. On, uh, on YouTube. Appreciate you, Gary. He says, happy to see Zach and Scott. Well, we're happy to see hear from you at least. Says momentum is real, guys. I'm seeing a trend, and I like hope over despair. Go Broncos, the <laughs> pit of despair. Um, the uh, it, it especially, especially going into this bye week, I feel like it meant so much. Listening to uh, you know Justin Simmons and everything he had to say about the defense turning a quarter and Vance Joseph, it it made me take a look at Vance Joseph in a different light. You know, it's 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 fairly simple, but it's like here's all the plays that have gone right. Here's all the plays that have gone wrong. Here are the differences. Oh, okay. You know, and and then trust yourselves. I think Vance Joseph has done a good job of turning this defense around from what could have been, I mean, it was for a, a couple of weeks, a car crash. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With uh, no survivors at all, unfortunately, and now there's uh, there's hope. You know, there, now there's a pulse. Now we it's not a flat line. I love this uh, this uh, rallying cry you have here, Gary. You know, hope greater than despair. That's how we can we can really hang our hats on in the uh, the post Peyton Manning Broncos. But I agree with you. It's so nice to get on here, even during a bye week, and talk about a Broncos team coming off a big win, not coming off another horrible horrible loss. Well, and, you know, the first few weeks, and maybe we're jumping at the gun a little bit, but, you know, after after that Jets game, I'm, I'm, I was ready. You know, I'm like, yes, is the top two picks on the table? Yes, it is. Um, if you don't, the way you are playing right now, if this doesn't turn around, then, yeah, you're the one and two pick is on the table. It's It sucks talking about that in week five. Yeah. You know, we want to talk about, hey, win this game. Could you look at the playoffs? I want to watch the results of this Bills-Bengals game because the loser's only a game ahead of us if we win next week. That type of stuff, scoreboard watching, becomes a lot more fun. And Gary, I've, you've watched me enough. You've, you've, you know what I think about um, hope and what, what it means you know, with Greek mythology and all that type of stuff. My daughter's middle name is Hope. It's a, it's a big, big deal. Um, Zach, so... Uh, Again, so looking at the Bills game, what would it mean to you if the Denver Broncos go into Buffalo, pull mm-hmm. off the upset, and win this game 
up in northern New York, up on the on the Canadian border. Even the most ardent skeptic would have to come out of that game giving the Broncos their props and at least having some inner monologue going on with themselves thinking, hmm, maybe Denver is for real. They've won three straight now, including upsets over Kansas City and Buffalo, the latter game being a primetime game at Buffalo. Very, very tough place to play, tougher place to win. They go into there and they come out with a victory. They're, they're going to be four and five. The season would be it would be almost zero and zero, Scott. The, the momentum they would have from that, and they're learning how to win. They're getting hot at the right time. This is when teams that have playoff aspirations prefer to peak. Not in September, not in October, but when the weather turns, it gets cold. November into December, that's when you want your team to get better. So I would start thinking definitely winning record at four and five, and beyond that, there'd be no reason. Looking at the remaining schedule, you can argue the Bills are the toughest game they have left. If they get past them, four and five, there will be no reason they can't go on a run, go nine and eight, ten and seven, and sneak into the wild card round. Yeah, and this one, this one for play, any kind of playoff consideration, this one became really a must win because you lost your first two games. Mm -hmm. If you lose this game, you fall to three and six, and you've got all kinds of tiebreakers working against you. I mean, right now, even after two straight wins, you're sitting in 15th place out of 16 teams. That's the kind of hole you dug. But seven and two to finish 10 and seven, and you you're in there. I mean, I'm not saying I mean you're you're in the conversation. You've given yourselves a chance. A, a guarantee in would probably take David McElrath's 11 and six in there as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You know, going in, there's some questions coming in here. Quincy coming in. Uh, appreciate you coming in. That feels like a newer name. He says, our big test is the Bills. If we lose to the Bills, uh, as bad. Draft next year and rebuild. I think there's going to be some of that that goes on anyway. There's going to be plenty of roster turnover with some veteran guys on big contracts. We can expect as Sean Payton has another year to mold his team the way he wants to. I think we're still going to see a lot of uh, a lot of that. And, and uh, Sisto says, uh, what do you think the chances are of actually beating the bills. I think about the same of beating Kansas city, that they're going to be underdogs. They're going to be counted out. It's not going to be easy. And I can definitely see the Broncos losing this game. Uh, but I also, you know, in full disclosure, I saw the Broncos losing to KC last week and they didn't, if they came, if they come out against Buffalo, even with those factors, like I mentioned, primetime, Josh Allen, Monday night football at Buffalo, if you come out and hit them in the mouth, you know, be dogs out there. D-A-W-G-S. Don't take any crap. Be physical. Play smart, disciplined football. Stop the passing game. Score points on offense. Keep Josh Allen on the sideline. And be consistent through four quarters. Be complimentary for four quarters, 60 minutes. I think your chances are pretty good considering, and relatively speaking, to what the Broncos were a few weeks ago, Scott, which was dead in the water. Yeah, I, I would be willing to talk about this team as a legitimate, even at four and five, a legitimate playoff contender if you go and, and win this one. Again, Green Bay is not a very good team. You beat them at home. Okay, that means at, at the worst, that means you're a little bit better than a not very good team. Five turnovers or whatever it was against Kansas City, they had a poor game. That happens. For me, that one can be chalked up to any given Sunday. You win three in a row, and now you go on the road and beat the Bills. Now you've shown the consistency. Okay, we came back against the Packers. 
We beat the Chiefs for the first time. Third in a row, we went on the road to an AFC powerhouse and beat them. Now you've shown the consistency that you're you could you can chalk off one as a not very good, two as a fluke, three in a row. We're talking trends here. We're we're absolutely talking trends. As uh, as Gary Palmer said, momentum. What are the chances of beating the Bills? Not for me, not good, but. Again, I didn't think that the Broncos were going to beat the Chiefs either. So as Zach said, about as good as beating the Chiefs. What can you do if you can limit their downfield passing game, keep Josh Allen from uh, exploiting his his running ability and extending plays? What scares me, though, Zach, is the the Josh Allen offense and their weapons, it's better than the Chiefs right now. They're, they're oh, playing yeah. better. Their, their skill position players are considerably better right now. I don't think they're playing anywhere near as good on defense. How does that match up for the Denver Broncos? Is the revamped Denver Broncos defense good enough to put the clamps on the Bills? And is the Denver Broncos offense good enough to take advantage of a defense that isn't quite as good? It, it just depends which version of the Broncos defense and pretty much the first, which version of the Broncos we get in general. Are we going to get the, the weak five Broncos who just kind of no-showed on offense against Nathaniel Hackett, or are we going to get the ones that's put up points against the commanders in the second half? Which defense are we getting? The one that let Justin Fields be a perfect passer or the one that put the clamps on uh, Patrick Mahomes and company? They definitely have the... Now we could say they have the horsepower. The personnel may not be as bad as we thought. If Vance can come up with a creative game plan to, like you were saying, Scott, keep Josh Allen off the field, don't let him going in the pocket, and get your the ball back to your offense. The offense, meanwhile, I mean, the Bills have players on their defense. They have Von Miller. They have players in their secondary. Uh, they just traded for Rasul Douglas. Uh, they have Poyer and Micah Hyde. But if you play smart ball control football, run the damn ball on offense. Keep that going with McLaughlin, uh, Perrine, and uh, Piran, excuse me, and um, and Javante. There's no reason why you can't have a similar outcome, which is a lower scoring game, but that would be in the Broncos' favor. Sisto says I pronounced his name perfectly. That makes me happy. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, Michaela follows up. She says, am I an awful person for hoping that Josh Allen gets hurt? Not bad enough to miss a uh, – not bad, just enough to miss a game. Maybe be a little sore. Um, <laughs> I'm not wishing – I want a team – I want to beat a team when they're at their best. Exactly. I, I want them – I don't want any excuses. And I'm not, I'm not having the Patrick Mahomes with sick exactly. at all. I've I've been saying that one from the beginning. The Chiefs didn't lose that game because Patrick Mahomes wasn't making plays. That that wasn't the problem. This wasn't, you know, a, a guy who scores 40 a game in basketball only goes out and scores 15 and he's three for 18 from the field. Patrick Mahomes was still making plays unless he was, you know, getting stuff on the ball when he sneezed. <laughs> his, he can't catch it for them too. He can't catch it for his receivers too. He can't block for his for himself either. So I'm not having that. Now you can't count on five turnovers a game. There's some fluky stuff that goes on, yeah. but the fact that that didn't happen in a 16 game losing streak that they avoided a game like that is mathematically almost impossible. You're going to have a game like that every so often. It happens. Uh, Scott Busby's come back in with some more stars and uh, with the, uh, I thanks for following up on this, Scott. It's, it's flashing stars and then, without the comment. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Make sure we, we take care of you because you're taking care of us. 
He says, for whatever reasons, it's not reading my messages. I was saying, I believe Russ has lasted so long because he takes good care of himself on the field. Um, he doesn't uh, take a lot of big shots, does he? He hasn't he been, he has not too many injuries attacks. in his career, has he? No, I mean, he, he has been remarkably consistent up until that uh, 2021 season, 2020, when he had that finger injury. But he does take some unnecessary sacks on the field. That's the only thing. But otherwise, I agree, Scott. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and could he get an extra yard here or there? Protect yourself. You're the quarterback. That's the at the top of the show, Scott. We were talking about what Anthony Richardson has to learn. He has only started and finished one NFL game. And then he's out for the season. So hmm. I think he had like five starts, maybe four starts, and he only finished one of them because he had to come out. Take care of yourself, man. I mean, get get your yards, get out of bounds, slide, take advantage of it. And then every so often, we've seen Russ put his head down and go for the end zone. <laughs> we saw him do it last year in the midst of a lost season. Um, I don't remember which game it was, but it was one of the last Kansas City. Maybe it was against the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, we've seen that happen. You take your chances when when they're going to pay off, not just because I'm um, six five and two hundred and fifty pounds like Anthony Richardson. Those guys are too. Is the problem? Uh, so appreciate you coming in, Scott. I uh, with the uh, with the follow up on on that one. Um, wanted to hit some more stuff in the chat that came in. We'll probably keep it a little short here tonight. Well, we're already at forty minutes. Hell, it's not that short. <laughs> Time just flies when we're uh, when we're having fun. There's some. Russell Wilson discussion in here. Um, Phil McLaughlin says, uh, watching this game tonight, Cincinnati is running against the Bills. And then hitting the quick short passes sounds like a plan for us. The Bills defense is the number 20 rushing defense in the NFL. The Denver Broncos offense is the number 12 rushing offense in the NFL. So that could be a place that you can take advantage of, Phil, Zach. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, you got it. It all starts in the trenches in this game. It's, it's Again, it's not going to be easy to keep Josh Allen on the sideline, to win T.O.P., to control uh, the football, but you got to get the running game going. Javante Williams is going to have to do exactly what he did against Kansas City and more. You know, uh, P. Ryan, the same. McLaughlin, when he runs the ball as opposed to catching it, the same as well. Keep the, the, the chains moving, keep the clock moving, and put up touchdowns and not field goals and i'll be honest you stand a really good chance of springing that upset keith has an off field up off season question he says is it more important to this team to add a cornerback or a tight end it's so tough to answer right now i i want to see how some of the younger players progress in the secondary damari mathis had a rough go obviously but jaquan mcmillian is looking like the truth opposite ps2 which is such a tough position for any corner to play opposite an all pro who shuts down one side of the field um more important overall i'd say is cornerback and sean sees his old boys like Adam Troutman in that role. Doesn't seem, Scott, like he wants a Kyle Pitts at tight end. He would prefer a workmanlike, traditional, three-down blocker tight end to be his uh, top guy. I think replacement-level tight ends are a lot easier to find than replacement-level cornerbacks. True. Um, just the, the importance to... I can find a guy to do dirty work and block pretty easy and pretty cheap at tight end. If I could get me a average to above average starter at corner i'd take it over uh yeah. the tight end they're just they're so much harder to find it's just a, a different skill set and they just mean so much and you need so many of them you, you end up playing you know six corners at least over the course of a season that you you really can't have enough 
tight end, you know, if if I lost Manhurts and had to bring up Atkins in his spot, how much difference would this offense really look? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it may look hugely different, and you can say, Scott, you just don't understand the importance of the tight end to this, the the importance of Chris Manhurts to this team. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. But I've seen what a disaster it can be if I've got Damari Mathis out there not playing well. Uh, I've seen what it can be when I've got one hole in the secondary. I've seen what a disaster that can be and how it can it, it can sink your entire game plan. So for me, I'm going cornerback, cornerback right now. And I'm not going, done but, with uh, Dulcich either, Scott. I'm not giving exactly. up on him. I think when he comes back, if he can stay healthy, I know that's his bugaboo. He can diff definitely be a weapon and maybe tight end one of the of the uh, of the future. Um, Scott, uh, Sisto asked, um, do you know if Von Miller will be playing on Monday night? I haven't seen an injury report and I haven't been able to watch closely enough Ooh, to see pick. if he's playing tonight. So I don't know on that one. Maybe someone, someone else can ask, look at Michael Ranquillo coming in with the huge stars. And this might be a, a send off for us tonight, Zach, uh, as he says, great show tonight, Zach and Scott on the mile high huddle. Thank you, Michael. Podcast. Thank you, sir. Huge stars. Uh, appreciate all the support that you show us. And Zach, I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to call it a night. Yeah, I'm just watching this game and uh, the Bengals DC Lou uh, and and I can't pronounce his last name. Anarumo, you know how to pronounce Anumero, whatever. He should be an NFL head coach. This Cincinnati defense year in and year out. And Michael Ronquillo says Vaughn is playing. That'll add another element to this game. Um, he is playing, so that should be interesting. I wish Vaughn the best, except for Monday night next week. But Spangles defense is no joke, and they definitely have uh top level coaching, and that's how you take down the Bills, as we were talking about that. But that was a very fast but still fun version of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Chad at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some merch like we're always rocking, check out MHHmerch.com. Also, if you haven't, drop us a like. Get yourself a coffee mug, MHHmerch.com. And also drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Also on Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. I did it better than you did, I think. Yeah, you got it. I, I think I timed that up nicely. Want to say thank you very much to our super chat and Facebook stars, superstars like David McElrath, Michael Ranquillo, Michaela Parker, Troy Boer, uh, Miguel Santi Stevens, Scott Busby, uh, Gary Palmer, and then a lot of y'all coming in more than once. So thank you. Tomorrow, a little programming note Broncos for Breakfast will be just a little bit late. We plan on going on at um, 7 45 uh, Mountain Time, 9 45 Eastern. We'll go for about 30 minutes tomorrow as we get ramped up for our full show on Tuesday. Zach will be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Huddle podcast at its regularly scheduled hour, and it will either be me or Chad that join him. And we'll have a full weekend of football to talk about. Looking forward to all that as we get ramped up into the Broncos preview with the Bills. That's right. Uh, appreciate you filling in, Scott. Regardless, I'll see you tomorrow night one way or the other. Have a great weekend, y'all, or rest of your weekend. We'll see you tomorrow night. Talk some Broncos and Bills action. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. 
head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.